Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders, it's Keith Koo, host of Silicon Valley Insider, broadcasting live from the SF Money Show here at the Hilton in San Francisco's Union Square. And I just wanted to give a little background because it's a little bit different. Normally, I get into tech news, but since we're doing a live show, I think I'll just first say this show is about innovation and disruption. We feature folks like C-level executives to unicorns to startups, and we're always interested in the intersection of business and technology. If you ever need to get a hold of me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Keith Koo, on Facebook, KeithKoo.sv, or on Twitter, SVI underscore Keith. My first guest up is Dan Gramza, who's the president of DMG Advisors, and he's just come off the floor speaking here at the conference. Welcome, Dan. Thank you very much. Welcome. Hey, Dan, why don't we give some background into what you're doing here at the show? Well, I have a few different presentations. The one this morning was on the futures markets and some of the new products that are coming out in that area. I have a presentation later today. That's going to be on uh, options and how you and I can utilize volatility to determine a directional trade in the options market. So, you know, one of the things I thought was interesting and something I cover often on our show is blockchain as a technology. And I was just... Tuning in a little bit to what you were talking about earlier, I want you to go into that. How does blockchain affect what you're, what you're working on? Well, I think what's been fascinating about blockchain over the last few years is I think the expectations in some ways is higher than what blockchain can deliver in its current form. But I also think we've seen applications that have been right on target. So if we, if we take, for example, Keith, the uh, financial markets. Now, the Australian Stock Exchange about three years ago announced that they're going to use blockchain to clear the trades that trade on the exchange. Well, they still haven't done it. Well, there's a lot of hurdles. <laughs> exactly right. And so the challenge is the ability for it to handle a lot of data instantly. And you probably know that blockchain takes a little while to get actually confirmed. It, it actually depends. Right. So, Dan, what you're talking about is absolutely true. For what people think of blockchain today, normally Bitcoin and Ethereum, there's limitation in transaction speed of what people would be used to. So if you think about it in terms of a technology-backed company like a Visa, 24,000 transactions per second, there you go. Uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum is much, much orders of magnitude slower than that. But then there's other blockchains trying to solve for this. I think the challenge, though, is in terms of what we call public blockchain and private blockchain. Private doesn't have those limitations, but there's a lack of trust, although that's where most financial institutions are embracing. So you hear about JP Morgan coin, that's you hear right. about even Facebook's Libra, which is stalled at the moment. Those are all private versions of the blockchain. And I think you're right on target. I, that is going to be the evolution. Something like that, that gives a little more freedom in terms of its ability to handle transaction. But you're also right there too. It, trust is a big issue here. And what are the weak spots that we have going forward? And yet we've seen applications for blockchain today that are right on target. So if you look at real estate transactions, if you look at something that doesn't have that high volume, art, 
verifying that art is what it is and it's not a forgery. If you look at transportation, it is huge there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, you know, if you look at a shipment of cargo, Keith, that leaves the Middle East and goes to, let's say, the United States, that cargo's traded a number of times. And that cargo right now is being followed by paper. So what it's given a chance to do is for all parties to see that transaction as they occur for transportation, not only over water, but also on land. We still use a lot of paper for on-land transportation. So I think there it could be a paradigm shift in terms of efficiencies. And it fits well in its current form there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing, uh, and um, just it's so just so happens because you brought real estate, Teresa Grobecker, a real estate consortia and an investment banker at U.S. Capital Global, she'll be on today's show in just a little bit. But oh, perfect. She, she's built a referral platform for real estate backed by the National Association of Realtors on blockchain. Oh, great idea. A, it is. So that, that's just time that you brought that up. I wanted to get in a little bit. We talked about, uh, just look at your background, you talked about diamonds and stable coins. I wanted to ask you about that. Oh, well, it, it's an area that uh, I, myself and a couple of partners, we have three different patents on uh, on diamonds, on the securitization of diamonds, and we were just awarded those a few months ago. And what we're looking at is how to utilize diamonds in a financial product. One of them is as a stable coin. The problems we've seen in the industry with gold and diamonds is that the people say they're backed by it, but they're not. You know, smoke and mirrors. So what we're looking at is ways to increase that comfort level that if we decide to have a, a diamond-backed a stable coin, that it is indeed what it is. And we feel we have some pieces that could come together to increase that comfort. So since you brought it up and you have this IP around it, I want to bring up that just a few shows ago, I had Tribe, the first government-backed blockchain accelerator, which is the Singaporean government. They were here in San Francisco. I hosted a show for them. We talked about, and I had on my show, the world's first gold-backed stablecoin, which is Digix. Now, in the Singaporean context, I don't know where your diamonds are held, they actually stated that their gold is stored in a Singaporean vault and audited every quarter by one of their version of the big four. How would you do Well, I have to tell you, first, they're right on target. I think it's an excellent way to do it because you have confidence that it is what it is and there's something behind it. We have a number of different alternatives when it comes to diamonds. There's a number of services globally that can provide vaulting for that. That decision, if we're going to have one major vault or a series of vaults around the globe, uh, hasn't been determined yet. But I think that approach is basically what we'd want to reproduce when it comes to uh, diamonds. Well, when you're ready, you can certainly talk to me about that. That sounds good, Keith. So, Dan, I wanted to ask you, because you're talking about you have some resources available to uh, folks interested in what you're working on. How do they get a hold of you? Um, Well, probably the easiest is I have... uh, dangramza.com website. It's on the markets. Uh, There's a free video on there. Uh, To my amazement, it's watched in over 150 countries. Uh, And it's a synopsis of what's happening in the marketplace. Uh, About two to three minutes done every day. And you can go back almost seven years and look at previous videos to see what was this guy saying when this happened. Uh, the intent behind it, I look at 22 different markets. I look at stock indexes, interest rates, currencies, metals, energy, agricultural markets. The, the concept is to get someone familiar with and have an idea 
of what's happening in that marketplace and how capital moves between these different sectors. And so that's probably easiest, just dangramza.com. Great. And then with the last minute we have, Dan, for you, what would you like to to leave the listener with? Well, I think when we're going to go back to blockchain, I think it's one an exceptionally exciting technology. And I also think that we have the ability to see that evolution going forward. I think its current form does need to evolve, and it is. So we'll probably have a different conversation if we're here together uh, a year from now. Well, Dan, it's great meeting you. Thanks for being here at the conference, and I hope um, you do come back. Well, thank you, Keith. I enjoyed being with you. So just as a quick reminder, uh, the NTT Data Open Innovation Contest 10.0 is happening right now. Uh, I am actually hosting the event in Silicon Valley on November 21st at Plug and Place headquarters. If you want more information, you can come to the svin.biz website. And if you're a startup, you can apply directly to one of the many use cases if you have any questions or comments about today's show, email us at info at svn.biz, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. We're broadcasting live from the SF Money Show here at the Hilton Union Square, right here in downtown San Francisco. Uh, I just want to give a reminder, if you're trying to find me, it's a little bit different show today. Um, you can always find me on LinkedIn, Keith Koo, Facebook, KeithKoo.sv, or Twitter, SVI underscore Keith. And my next guest is Jean Ann Booth, the CEO of Unaliware. And welcome, Jean. Thank Jean you very much. So Unaliware, interesting concept. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and then how you came up with Unaliware and your wearable, the Conego watch? Yeah, sure. So, so actually, um, I was retired. I, I'm an electrical engineer, 30 years in semiconductors, sold one startup to Texas Instruments and another one to Apple. And funny enough, then I retired. Um, I was a dive master on a liveaboard dive bo- boat, and then my mom turned 80. And we had that discussion, you always have, you know, uh, I, I want you to be safe, I want you to, to, you know, be independent. And I showed her all the products that actually existed on the market, and she looked at me and she goes, don't you get that for me, I'm not wearing it. And, and it was, you know, very clear that she meant that very much. And that's how Unali Wear was actually born. Unali is Cherokee for friend, and Canego, which is the name of our watch brand, is Cherokee for speak. So we're the friend who speaks to you. Okay, and I see it, it's an audio program, but I see the device on your wrist. Yes, yes, so, so we've actually been in market. Um, we came to market with the 3G cellular version of the Canega watch in 2018. Um, it's sold out right now, but we have wearers all across the U.S., ranging in age from 16 to 100. And one of the things we're talking about here on the show today is the 4G LTE version of the Canega watch, which will be available for the holiday season this year. Okay. And then I know we are, even though it's just now being adopted, it'll take a couple of years to roll out, do you have plans for 5G as well? 
you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, the infrastructure requirements of 5G um, are probably bigger than most people realize, and we have a lot of wearers who are in rural areas. 5G may not even go to those guys. So the, the, the form of LTE or 4G that we're using today is actually something that's available all the way across the U.S., and it's super low power, which is great because that means your wearable batteries last longer. Right. Um, so your population, uh, who's your target demographic for these devices? You mentioned that this whole idea was born out of your relationship with your mother. Yeah. And in fact, my mom was our senior user experience advisor. <laughs> you get it? It's kind of a joke. She was our senior user experience advisor, and she was the senior user experience advisor. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, so certainly what we were going for here in the Canega Watch is independent but vulnerable populations. So um, that's why I, our current wearers range in age from 16 to 100 is because, you know, certainly seniors are the largest population, but also we have wearers today who have um, MS, Lou Gehrig's, Parkinson's, epilepsy, Down syndrome, um, traumatic brain injuries, uh, blind people, and disabled veterans. So it's, it's a pretty broad swath of, of folks, um, but all of them are cognitively capable. So this is not a product for somebody with one of the dementias, for example, because okay. you're going to talk to your watch and it's going to talk to you. Right, right. I have some experience in this field for two reasons. One, uh, both my parents are, are getting up there in age. I'll be talking, actually, this will get time to bring it up, in the immediate show following my show with Bo attorney Bob Bergman, He's going to have me as a guest to talk about estate planning. But this is all about both my parents needing assistance mm -hmm. and having a device like this would be would be perfect. I, I also advise a smart pill cap company, and it's the same thing. The population is as we want to maintain our independence, want to be able to control certain aspects and not have to, um, have to go into a facility, have to be monitored, these are very important devices, and our loved ones are certainly the ones most likely... Um, to use them. So a question for you would be, because people always talk about, can I use health insurance for this, et cetera. How is it, is it or is it not covered? Today we are private pay, which means that we're not covered by insurance. I think in the fullness of time, that will, of course, change. And certainly the Medicare Advantage plans have been looking at, at adopting technology like what we do in the Canega Watch. Um, but, you know, they're they're pretty slow. And meanwhile, there are lots and lots of people who have needs, and those are the ones that we serve first. Yeah, it's not uncommon. I, I had been on the board of the American Diabetes Association, although I'm not a diabetic, but same, similar that there are devices that are out there that you cannot actually purchase through insurance, but it doesn't mean they're not worthwhile devices to have. Yeah, the funny thing is, so, so we, we actually did some work with um, Guidewell, which is the parent company of Florida Blue, which is the largest of the, the Blue Cross Blue Shields, and... Um, they, they made a really strong point to all of the startups about the way that you bring a new technology to market. The bottom line is you will not be covered by insurance. And the guy was very funny. He was like, you know, you have to have these four things that you're going to do. And the fourth one was, are you the standard of care? And the answer is no. Don't care what your proof is. Don't care what your ROI is. Don't care what trials, clinical that you've done. doesn't matter. Are you the standard of care? No, then you're not approved. Right. So then how easy is it to obtain your, your device? It's actually very easy. So, so we sell um, 
through B2B to C through the traditional channel, which is actually the independent dealer networks of some of the largest medical alarm call centers in the United States. And we sell a little bit direct to consumer through our own website. Okay. And the devices run? It's $59.95 a month in service, and that includes your cell plan and 24-7 access to medical alarm operators. Oh, great. So it's just paying for the service. You're not paying for the device. That's right. You're not paying for the device at all. It's just the service. And then what are some of the, because we didn't talk about the beginning, what are some of the key features that are most used as part of the device? So so it's really kind of interesting. So the focus groups were the ones who called us a wearable OnStar people because what we do is provide discrete support for falls, medication reminders, and a guard against wandering with Guide Me Home Assistance. You, you use speech, right? We're voice first. In fact, we just won the, the best IoT device for, for Voice Summit. And um, we combine all of that capability with artificial intelligence that learns the wearer's lifestyle. So, you know, like if you think of a Nest thermostat, it's like that only for people, not for homes. Yeah. And then on top of that, we have a patented battery system in the band that means you never have to take your watch off to charge, which is super important because the number one cause of injury death among seniors is falls, mostly in the bathroom, mostly at night. So even if you wore a smartwatch, it's charging when you're most vulnerable. That was the technology that we, when we developed that, that's what made me actually come out of retirement to start this company for my mom. No, it's a brilliant idea. Have you thought about selling this to assisted living centers? So we can. It's slightly different software, same hardware, um, but slightly different software. And the difference between them is for the independent population, the conversation is between the person who wears it and their Canega watch. For the dependent population, so assisted living, skilled nursing, um, or a memory care facility, in those cases, the conversation's between a Canega watch and a caregiver or a nurse's station. So you wouldn't want to take somebody with a dementia, for example, and no. have their watch pop up and say, hey, do you need help? Yeah. Because it might just scare them. You're absolutely right. I, I'm not thinking about that population, but I know, I know that's a different challenge altogether. Yeah. So with just a little bit of time left, Jean-Anne, I mean, I really thank you for being here. What would you like to impart? Oh, boy. I, you know, I think the biggest thing to impart is, you know, The area in which we work, the independent but vulnerable population, is the place that I think needs help the most. With so many people um, in this area, and we're so, as a society, we are so stigmatizing everything relating to old age, and yet there's 115 million of us just in the United States. And so, you know, the bigger piece to it, to me, is just, look, Just because you're older doesn't mean you're going to be hanging out at home, you're going to be depressed, you don't have any money. In fact, 64% of the wealth of the United States is in the longevity economy. So why can't we give ourselves some products that look good, that sound good, that feel good, that allow us to live independently with dignity? Well, Jean-Anne, thank you so much. I love your product, and I want to learn more about it. So thanks for being here again. Thank you very much for having me. So once again, you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Just had Jean Ann Booth, the CEO of Unali Wear, a really slick wearable that helps gain your independence for your loved ones. Um, any questions or comments, email us at info at svn.biz. And don't forget to sign up for the NTT Data Open Innovation Contest Dead Auto. Come to our website to do that. We'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. 
Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. I'm broadcasting live here at the SF Money Show 2019, San Francisco Hilton Union Square. And so just as a reminder, a couple of things that are going on. I am hosting the NTT Data Open Innovation Contest. It's in... 15 cities and 13 countries. The application period is right now. You can come to the svi.biz website. If you have a startup, doesn't matter, seed A, series A, series B, series C, even publicly traded, if you've got an idea around the fields of artificial intelligence, health tech, med tech, insure tech, automation, automotive, IoT, you name it, you got an idea, you got to submit. The prizes are following of the regional winners, um, everyone gets a trip to Tokyo, and there's up to $100,000 of funding through NTT Data's ecosystem, so be sure to check it out. So next up, I have Dr. Jack Jacobs, who's the President and Chief Scientific Officer of Zitia. Zitia. Welcome, Jack. Thank you. So what brings you to the conference today? Uh, we're here talking about our biotech product that we're putting into clinical trials. And we're also trying to raise some money. Uh, clinical trials are very expensive. Absolutely. So tell me more. What is your product? Our product is a growth factor that grows new blood vessels in the heart, in the brain. So we have a number of medical indications. But a lot of diseases are caused by a lack of blood flow into a tissue or organ. So we're trying to reestablish that. All right. So let's go a, bit, a little bit to back, your background and how you actually came up with this idea. Okay. This product has been around actually for about 20 years and we've just picked it up recently and are running with it. Uh, we uh, did some animal studies and now are into human studies and it's probably the most potent growth factor in our bodies to stimulate new blood vessel growth. And what's the background of your founding team? Okay, uh, I'm a molecular biologist and uh, worked at Merck, uh, worked at Hitachi and now I'm working for this small biotech company. We're in a small town in the desert. Las Vegas is where we're headquartered, and uh, we have a yeah we have a team of both businessmen and uh, physicians, neurologists who are helping us out. That's amazing. Uh, my my aunt who who's passed, she was one of the chief scientists of Merck. I'm sure you must know her. When we, uh, we offline, we'll go back and, okay. and compare. Yeah. So then, in terms of how long you've been around, where what round are you in? What are you seeking in terms of funding? Okay, we are just taking the company public uh, in the fall. Actually, at this show here, we're raising what's called pre-IPO funding, mm -hmm. uh, but we have a firm commitment uh, from an underwriter to go out at $10 a share in the fall, and uh, we, the pre-IPO is at $2, so that's, we're getting a lot of interest at that. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So then, let's go into the promise of the technology. You, you start off with that. I wanted you to keep going on right. where you see the, where the product will, will... Right. So we're treating diseases that are called unmet medical needs, it's Parkinson's disease, mm -hmm. uh, Alzheimer's, heart disease. These are diseases that kill a lot of people and there's no treatment. So we feel we have an innovative new product, kind of a new mechanism, growing blood vessels. People don't really think about that when they think about no, they don't. You know, uh, treating. But we've cured Parkinson's disease in animals, in both rodents and monkeys. So we're excited. We uh, well, the FDA has given us we've put our application, and we'll be starting in a few months. And then once um, that comes through, the clearance comes through, when will we start trials with humans? 
So we'll be starting trials in humans in a few months. We've got our application in. We also submit, I've submitted one in, in Mexico, so we're going to do both countries. Uh, Mexico, you can get actually going quicker sometimes, but they do it to standards that are acceptable to this country. Are, are there other countries you're focused on, or is Mexico the Mexico is the main one in the U.S. at this point. Okay, and then after the trials, when will we start seeing it actually? Because I'm not familiar with the space and how long field research takes. When will it actually be right. uh, part of people's treatment? Yeah, it can take three, four years to get through the different stages of clinical trials. With these really nasty diseases such as Parkinson's, sometimes the FDA will say, you're okay to go after just two rounds of testing, not three rounds. But So after two rounds, that could be within two years. So then, um, how do investors find out about you? We have a website, Zicha, Zicha website. Uh, we have YouTube presentations where we talk about our drug and our clinical trials. We have 10,000 people signed up for our Parkinson's disease trial. Okay, and Zicha is Z-H-I-T-T-Y-A. Ukrainian for life. Oh, great. So uh- our... Uh, Founder's wife is Ukrainian. She had one vote to name the company. Nobody argued with her. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do you? Because ha- I'm trying to figure out your website. How do people find out? Like Google you. So yeah, just do Zicha. Okay, Zicha once again is Z H I T T Y A. Right. Well, Jack, thanks a lot for being on the show again. Okay. No, I enjoyed it and. Uh, Thank you for having me. No, no, I'm, I'm really excited about the technology. I always love hearing about it. Um, last year I had a conference, Dr. John Madison, who's the Chief Health Information Officer of Kaiser, he was talking about the promise of things that are coming down the pipe. So it's about the, almost, he was saying in the next 18 months we're going to find all kinds right. of advancements in technology. You no, know, it's really amazing. Small biotech companies like ours really account for over 50% of the innovation now in the United States in terms of drug discovery. Lots of the big companies grab stuff that we're, uh, working on, so it's 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 changed a bit. So yeah, and same thing. Dr. Vanila Singh, who uh, was re- just recently stepped down as the chief medical officer of the United States, she too on my show was talking about things that she thinks are coming down the pipe. So I really am very impressed with what you're doing. Congratulations again on the pre-IPO, and I hope to stay in touch with you. Thank you very much. All right, thanks, Jack. Yeah. So coming up soon will be Teresa Grobecker, a real estate consortia, to talk about her real estate platform. As a reminder, we are hosting the NTT Data Open Innovation Contest 10.0. It is going to be in 13 countries and in 15 cities. In the North American trials, or I should say the North American contest, uh, we will be focusing on Boston, Vancouver, British Columbia, and here in Silicon Valley. So once again, if you got an enterprise use case, definitely check out the svin.biz website, and I hope to see your application. So up next is Teresa Grobecker, who is the CEO of Real Estate Consortia, a real estate referral platform that is currently going through the National Association of Realtors Incubator, Second Century Ventures. She's also an investment banker for U.S. Capital Global, an equity partner, and she's a good friend, and uh, she speaks all the time. So Teresa, welcome back. She's my first four-time guest, by the way. Teresa, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me, Keith. Always good to see you. So, Teresa, although we see each other talk all the time, it seems like Real Estate Consoria continues to morph into this powerhouse, this juggernaut of the real estate industry. What's the latest? 
The latest is um, at coming out of Inman, out of talking to the highest, best quality brokers and agents in the entire country, I came out of there with laser focus. I mean, I went into it with Eye of the Tiger, came out, and I understood exactly where the pain points in the industry. And from there, I started selling our product, which is we track referrals for the entire industry. I have had a 100% close ratio. I mean, who has ever sold a product that sells 100% of the time? And that's us. And I am beyond words and gratitude for the industry that we're, we're seeing it now, the need for it, the practical application. There was one guy who told me no, actually. He told me no, and then two days later, he called me back, and he's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't get it. He's like, I want it. He's like, send me the contract. I'm like, you got it, boss. And so he's signing up now 35 states that he has. So it's amazing. That is amazing. And even though I've had you on the show several times, that people should definitely download the podcast with Teresa Grobecker. I want you to go through the platform really quick because there are plenty of people interested in real estate and interested in referrals. Yeah, totally. So we have two platforms right now working in tandem. So the first one is where the, both of the parties are known, whoever is receiving the referral as well as sending. So that's the way real estate referrals typically happen is I know you, I know your email, I know who your broker is. We're going to send this referral between parties. And so that's a very practical way that referrals have happened traditionally in the United States, right? Here's the kicker. This is where this product really transforms the industry is real estate as we know it is getting destroyed. Yeah. Like the basic way that commissions work, we're either going through price commission cuts because of larger things happening in the industry or maybe it's what's coming, right? We know that there are a few big things happening as far as a lawsuit and there's potential commissions coming from the buyer side. So put that all of that lawsuit stuff on the shelf, right? At least right now we know that there are a million agents in the country who are kind of like part-time maybe. And they don't have all the tools they need to sell to their clients appropriately. Right. So in those cases, those agents really would be doing a better service for their customer and having a higher close ratio if they send that up to a broker who can then give the business to one of their top producers. So what happens in this instance is the consumer gets a best-in-class experience, the referring agent gets paid because we track it and we make sure everyone gets paid what's due to them. The broker now has this high quality lead. Like it's not just some cold lead, it's not junk off the web, right? This is somebody I know who's looking for real estate, right? And then they can feed this to their top producers. And my analogy is that broker is now just throwing stakes at the lion. Just throwing stakes at the lion. <laughs> like you are just feeding the system. Just go, go, go close, go kill it, kill it, crush it, right? And so now everybody wins in the infrastructure. And what we decided yesterday is we're giving this away for free. The referral tracking system for a real estate consortia, we are giving it to the industry for free. And in tandem, what we've built is a referral marketplace. And this wasn't my idea. This came out of good friends of mine, right? Yeah. High up in the industry. So the referral marketplace. So every single realtor out there knows of somebody who needs a plumber, an electrician, a roof repair, right? We are the point person in those conversations for those relationships. And people come to me all the time, who do I have for this? Who do I have for that? Now I can, with the client permission, sell that as a referral on the open marketplace. I can monetize that relationship and that powerhouse that I have in my community. So that's, we're, we're building both, right? We have the referrals peer-to-peer. -peer. We're building that network infrastructure with the anchor broker and all the referral agents underneath of them. And as of yesterday, we have half of the country covered. Within five days of selling this into the system, we have half the country, which is amazing. 100% close ratio, half the country. That, that is amazing. And so I want to make sure people understand how to get a hold of you. So it's Real Estate Consortia. 
The website is R-E-C-O-N-S-O-R-T-I-A.com. You can also come to the svin.biz website where you can find out more information about Teresa and her company. And again, if you've been asleep in the industry, there's a lot of changes happening on in real estate, especially the traditional commission structure. And you have to look up the class action lawsuit against NAR and the top brokerages to understand what, what's at stake, especially if you are a well, any agent but a buying agent. So for any questions or comments, email us at info at svn.biz. You can find me on LinkedIn, Keith Koo, Facebook, KeithKoo.sv, Twitter, SVI underscore Keith. And we'll be right back to close the show. So stay tuned. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders, welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. I am broadcasting live from the 2019 SF Money Show here at the Hilton Union Square. And my next guest is Lauren Levy of Robbins Arroyo. Welcome. Thank you. So, Lauren, what does your firm do? My firm is a shareholder rights litigation firm. So we um, help shareholders when their investments are affected by wrongdoing, corporate wrongdoing. Oh, right. And how is your technology empowering that? So we have a CRM uh, database that we've uh, created, and what we can do is we monitor shareholder investments. Um, we have a service called Stockwatch. It's a free service. They uh, Shareholders provide us with, with their uh, uh, investments, and, and we run it through our system, and we provide a report to those shareholders, letting them know what companies are currently under litigation, what uh, companies we're investigating, and what class action settlements they may be entitled to participate in. So the, the technology is on our end, and we provide that service to the shareholders. Well, that's great. And so how do they find you? So they can go to our website, which is robinsarroyo.com. They can also go to uh, robinsarroyo.com backslash stock dash watch. Uh, they can also call our law firm at 619-525-3990. All right. Well, Lauren, I think it's a super important service that you're providing. And so I'm really pleased that you're here. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So next up, I have John DeBoz, who is the editor of Forbes. Hello, John. Hi, Keith. Good to meet you. Good meeting you. So, John, what brings you to the SF Money Show? Well, Forbes has a major presence, of course, here at the Money Show. uh, I'm here with my two newsletters, as you said, the Forbes Dividend Investor and then the Forbes Premium Income Report. The Dividend Investor is a weekly newsletter with a portfolio of dividend-paying stocks, trading at discounted valuations relative to history, cash flow that exceeds the dividend by a generous amount so that dividends can keep getting paid, keep getting raised every year. And then the premium income report, it's kind of a double entendre because the uh, the word premium, of course, connotes a high level of value, which I do provide. Uh, but premium is also the term for money that you receive for selling an option. So the dividend investor it's just you know just straight up dividend portfolio and the premium income report every Tuesday and Thursday afternoon I recommend two options selling trades on dividend paying stocks and uh, I don't know if your viewers if your viewers and listeners or your your uh, people on the podcast are familiar but if you sell a put you, you may have heard about buying a put it lets yes. you sell a stock in case things really go bad right and that those people buy puts for their portfolio or for their individual stocks. We are the people who sell puts. In other words, Intel today is trading at $46.50. 
what you could do is go into the options market and say, I will sell a $46 Intel call that expires in one month on September 20th and earn $1.25. That's what you could get for it today. What that means is, if Intel trades below $46 per share on September 20th, you will be compelled to purchase it at $46, but you just earned a buck 25 today for doing, for taking on the obligation. So your cost basis would be 46 minus 125 equals 44.75. So if, if you're a person who says, you know what, I want to buy some Intel right now, this would be a good strategy for you because by definition you would be purchasing it at a lower price than you could just get going out to buy it in the market today. Yeah. The other trades that we do in the newsletter, the premium income report, uh, the common, uh, most common we do is a, it's called a buy right. So it's W-R-I-T-E, not R-I-G-H-T. Sure. But hopefully you are always R-I-G-H-T. <laughs> um, but that means you buy the stock and then you write a call. Going back to the example of Intel, you could purchase it for forty-six fifty right now and then sell a $47 call that expires next month on the third Friday, September 20th, and earn about $1.50 for it. So uh, just like selling the put, that would get you into the stock, into Intel at a lower price than you could get just going into the market and purchasing the stock. Well, that's great. And what's funny, John, is my normal show, because we're recording live here at the SF Money Show, I call this segment the pivot, and it's important because although we normally talk about technology pivots, it's also important to always be on top of your portfolio. Well, uh, you are generally uh, well served by being on top of your portfolio, but sometimes think about it. You're not because there's a lot of head fakes. Think about the bull market that we're in right now. It's been going on for 10, more than 10 years. We're going to be 11 years into this bull market in March of 2020. And at numerous times along the way, you might have said, oh, no, get out. Things are going to hell in a handbasket. Bernanke's printing, you know. But sometimes, so anyway, yes. I mean, if, if, the difficulty is when you get out of a stock, you need to know when to get back in. And those are two hard decisions to make. Having said all that, let me tell you what I do. Uh, my recommendation, because there could be the big plunge around the corner, you never know when it's going to come, is to sell, is to use a 10% trailing stop. Basically, if a stock has declined 10% or greater from the highest price it's closed since you have owned it, it's time to kiss and say goodbye, as Lou Rawls. All right. Well, John, thanks again for being at the show, and thanks again for being on my show. My pleasure. Pleasure having you. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. So that's the end of today's Silicon Valley Insider, but don't go away because I'm going to be a guest on Bob Bergman's show, and Bob's show usually airs right after my show here in the Valley in KDOW, 12.20 a.m. Bob is an estate planner, and because of what I've shared previously, I recently had a, the loss of my dad, who actually ran Kaiser's Pension Fund. We're, we're going to spend the next hour talking about what you should do. So thanks again for listening to today's show. Email us at svi.biz for any other information. Apply for the NTT Data Open Innovation Contest at our website, svion.biz, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846, 888-828-SVIN. 